0: Well, that was Emma's story. That's a chapter of her book, probably many chapters of her book. But there's a, there was a yes in Emma to God. There was a yes for God to come in to, for help. There was a cry of help. God always answers our cry. He always hears our voice. He always shows up to help us. He sends His Spirit, Holy Spirit, the helper, our friend, our companion. We are all in a good place here when we surround each other and we speak the truth and love to each other. We we are a united body. We are one body. And I think that when we come together, we're not trying to fix people. We're not trying to fix their shortcomings. We're not saying that they're missing something or lacking something. Everybody has the DNA of God in them here. The truth is written on your heart. You've been given a new heart and a new spirit. What we're doing when we pray for people is we're drawing the truth out of their DNA. They're a new creation. It's a new day. We're a new people. We're not who we were, but who we were, the labels and all the lies that we, we brought with us. And so God is with us to say that this is who I am. This is who you are. And as a family, as the body of Christ, we are confirming that to people all the time. We're confirming it in our natural family, in our children. And then we confirm it in this family with each other. And so that's what makes us free. Emma is really free right now. This is freedom. And so, but what the enemy does, the enemy will come way down the road very quietly and try to say the same things. And that's when we go, no, that's not who I am. That's not the truth. I had a revelation, my eyes were opened up. I had a vision, God gave me a story of who I really am. This is who I am now. The battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. And I just let Holy Spirit fill me to overflowing, and it's the truth in you that transforms you from the inside out. It's not the information knowledge. We go to church because we we, we love God. We're here because we love God, all of us. We're groping, we're seeking, we're looking for him. You know that cartoon with Jesus hiding behind the curtains? Have you found Jesus? Well, you know what, he's in you, but you're discovering him every day. It's an adventure to find God every day, to find out who he is and who you are. And so when we sing these songs, we're actually making decorations. You're my protector. You're my protector. And then he'll speak to you something about protection. I'm safe hidden in you. He'll speak to you about that place so it comes alive. So that when the enemy comes, it's too late. The stronghold in me is the stronghold of truth. Then when you get to that place, you know who the church is. You turn around and you can actually look at the church and say, this is who we are. We are one body. Read Ephesians. We are the church. It says we are one body. So whatever I speak about anybody in this place, I'm speaking about me. What I think about you, I'm thinking about me. So God, renew my mind. So I love praying with friends, because when I pray with friends and I listen to their heart for the church and the body of Christ, this family of God, it corrects me sometimes, because I was looking in the wrong places. I was looking at what was wrong. I was listening to noise. I was listening to things. To information and knowledge. I was forgetting the truth of who God says His bride is, who His church is. Look in the Word. The Word says that His bride is the church, His church is the bride. You are the body. We are one, blameless, above reproach, altogether lovely. There is no flaw in you. Wow, if we just practice that one at home, if we practice that with our family, we wouldn't be fixated on what's lacking or missing. There's nothing lacking or missing. You are a new creation. He's giving you a new heart and a new spirit. His Word is written on your heart. We just need Holy Spirit for those truths to come alive. That we become the very substance of those words. There is no flaw in you. There is no flaw in me. Is He changed me? Yes, I'm growing. I'm maturing. This this season is fall. And so we have four seasons a year. And we think, oh, this is just another fall. No, you had a whole year to mature. You had a whole year that brought you to this fall. You're a different person this fall than you were last fall. Just like if someone was in grade four, in grade five, they're a different person. They've matured, they've grown. It's a different place. It might be here I am again, but here I am again. My roots have gone deeper in love for myself love for God and love for the body of Christ. So I may be here again in something where I need to know the love of the body of Christ, the love of who God loves, but I'm growing in it. I'm maturing in it. I'm producing fruit. So these testimonies are amazing. And I wanted you to see what a safe circle looked like. There's nothing wrong with being in a place that you need a safe circle. There are some people I tell take a step back because that's the season they're in. There's some people I say, you need to work less. You need to work less. You need to give up one of your jobs. You need, to give up, you need to give up some hours here. You need more time with God because he wants to spend more time with you. Working's not the answer. Working's awesome. But when it becomes toil, when it becomes your identity, and then you forget who you are because your worth and your value is in your job. Your worth and your value can be in being a mother or a father. And what happens when the children leave? The mother usually has a complete breakdown because she identified in being a mother. No, identify in, I'm a child of God. I'm a son or daughter of God. That's my identity. That way when things change, I'm the same person. My value and worth wasn't being a mother. My value and worth isn't being a pastor. I'm Margaret first. I will always be Margaret first. I have a gift. We all have gifts here. Don't put your value and your worth in your gifts because God will shake that. God loves to shake everything that we think identifies us because he wants you to be unmovable. I'm a child of God. My daddy loves me. I was born to be loved. I am completely off my notes here, so. (laughs) I don't even know where to go here. Oh, wrong. Okay, we heard about let go of disappointment. I've been finding coins everywhere and bright new pennies. That were, they look like they just been minted and we don't even have, use pennies anymore. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm discovering you today. What are you saying to me? And then I found a dime. And I'm like, okay, tenfold. Ten is totality. Ten is everything. He owns the cat, th- cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything, right? So I'm, okay, God, what are you saying? And I, so I picked up the dime and I threw it in my purse. And every time I took something out of my purse, this dime would fall out. And land, ship up, every single time. I'm like, okay, God, you're really speaking to me. And last Sunday, Anastasia was speaking, and she was talking about living under God's smile. That's, that's got, we're going to have that chapter in our book, right? There's a chapter of our life where we live in his smile, that nothing can define us. There's no thoughts. There's no labels. There's no me, there's no us and them. Sometimes you can join a group, and the group is nothing but us and them. there's us, and then there's that denomination. there's us, and then there's that political belief. there's us, there's us that we get together because of we have common wounds. We have common losses. We have common failures. No what 's common is we 're children of God, and God 's our Father. When our wound bring, makes us common, we tend to reject. Christ being center. And we look for people to come against who we are. Because this is my group's name, this is who I am. And I'm looking for people to marginalize me. I'm looking for people to label me. I need that confirmation that, that I'm not liked, I'm not wanted, I don't belong. And then what happens is that group actually becomes us and them. But there is no us and them. You look at this coin, there's no us and them in the body of Christ. We are one body. We are one church. We are one family. There's lots of thoughts that will come and say it's us and them. And then them is, are those that wounded us. Those that hurt us. But God, Jesus paid the price for those wounds. For the suffering. He carried them to the cross for the joy. So Jesus carried our wounds. And this is a plate, This is a house of a lot of wounds. And Jesus wants you to have a chapter in your book. That your eyes are opened up to see the joy. To see his smile and let him comfort all your wounds. Because every wound has a lie attached to it. Rejection, the wound of rejection has ally. might have a whole root system of lies. Abandonment, loneliness. We're not alone, we're safe in his hands. But there's something, there's lies that say, you're alone, you're alone, nobody believes in you, nobody wants to be your friend. This is where you gotta find a small, safe circle that speak the truth to you in love. Acknowledge what you're saying, listen to what you're saying. Obviously we can't understand someone else's story, it's their story, but I'm gonna listen. And I'm gonna bring Jesus, he's the center of the coin. We talked about disappointment today. The two sides of a coin. Last week when Anastasia was speaking, I was so excited. I was sitting in the back, just grinning away. I was like, yes, Lord, living in God's smile. There's nothing more that that can bring you life than living in his smile. Right at that moment, my husband comes around the corner and he says, my coworker was killed in a car accident. And I was like, Lord, that's the story of so many in this house. Such a grievous loss, so close in family. I'm like, I don't know how even to deal with that. As a pastor, I don't even know how to deal with that. And then he just said to me, he dropped into my spirit, two sides of the same coin. See all those coins I picked up all week? I knew he was going to say something to me. I didn't know what. Two sides of the same coin. There's going to be sorrow in life. There's going to be suffering. But there's the other side. Jesus wants to take you through your sorrow. He wants to take you through your valley of darkness, not get me out of it. He wants to be right there in it. He wants to be right in your sorrow. That's why we acknowledge it. But we also say, but my portion is the other side, joy. Because he's my joy. The kingdom of God is in me. Holy Spirit in me kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, flood me. Remind me of my righteous relationship, face-to-face relationship. Remind me of peace. You've given me peace in this chaos. You've given me peace in this sorrow, in this loss. It truly is a loss. It's called lost love. I can no longer love this person and I can no longer receive their love. But I have chapters detailed of, the, of having that love. And God wants to be the center of the loss. So the loss does not define you. God doesn't want any loss to define you. There's no distance with God. There's no separation. There's no delay. He's very present and He's with you. And when we... Know a very present God that's with us in our valley of darkness. You go to the rest of Psalm 23. Goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. Because in that loss, in that valley of darkness, I came to his table. And I tasted and I see, I see, I see, I see he's good. And I look into his eyes and I see who I am. When you look into some of these pupil of their eyes and you look really close, do you know what you see? you because that's what he sees when he's seeing you he like you look into his eyes you are made in the image and likeness of god so the lies will come the two sides of the coin the lies will come and say this is who you are but jesus is my center jesus is my rock jesus is unmovable the chaos of the lies could come everything that tries to define me the shakings if you're if you're first love is your job god has to shake that lots of people's jobs got were shaken in covid because your job is not your first love it's not your provision it's not your source and it's not your supply so god says i gotta shake that because i'm your provision i'm your source and i'm your supply fall into that Fall into who he, he is for you in whatever value you in. I'll be singing when the evening comes. When the darkness comes, I'll be singing because that's my worship. That's my worship. I love you. I know you've got me. You've got this. You turn everything for good. Well, it hasn't turned for good yet. He turns it for good. I'm expecting it. You put a demand on his love. He loves that you put a demand on his love because you're petitioning him you're saying I know who you are love wins love conquers makes me more than a conqueror darkness is not going to defeat me the lies are not going to defeat me the lies that try to define me or the church you see deal with your lies first because then you're going to speak the truth and love for the church you can't speak the truth." for the church or the bride or the body until we deal with our own lives first. We have to come to that place where I know that I know who I am, so therefore I know that I know who the body of Christ is. And you know who keeps me in that place? My friends. I've had friends point their finger at me and I just start giggling. I'm like, you're right, you're absolutely right. That was not life, that was not truth. Here I am again. Thank you, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm growing. Oh, boy, that that was an apple that fell off the tree. Hallelujah. (laughs) I wouldn't want to give anybody that apple. So be kind to yourself. You're maturing. You're growing. We're growing in his image and likeness. We're growing in his character, his nature, his way, his power, his authority. We're called by his name. His seed remains in us. We're called by the family name. So all the time, we know what we say to our grandsons? We're boyers. We don't do that. This is what we do. We don't talk like that. This is how we talk. It's not condemning anybody. It's saying we're rooted in Christ. We're rooted in love. And now our roots are going to go deeper because we're going to say no to that. We're going to say yes to God. And so your roots go deeper. Two, Two sides of the same coin. So sorrow comes and the promise is in Christ, joy. Ashes come. And the promised in in Christ is beauty. My life has been ashes. And the promise is beauty. I hang on to that. And I have people that prophesy over me beauty all the time. I have spiritual mothers and fathers. They are like a father and a mother. They're like God. The Holy Spirit's my mom. God is my father. Jesus is my beloved bridegroom. I have conversations where he speaks and then i speak and there's just a flow of the bride and the bridegroom so it could be disappointment and hope hope is your portion hope is your inheritance acknowledge the disappointment it was beautiful acknowledge it that's the start of your healing that's the start of hope flourishing it's like here i am again it's like i had so many disappointments that after a while all I I was actually expecting disappointments. I didn't know that. But now, hope has come so much. Hope holds me, Psalm 91. Hope holds you, it's hope that makes you safe. Hope holds me, I have a future. And no matter what's happening today, I have a future. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is my future and he lives in me. How can you go wrong? Expect his goodness today. Don't expect his goodness tomorrow, the future's today. I get up in the morning, I expect your goodness today. I have no clue what that sounds like, what it is. I I expect your goodness and I find coins. It's because he wants, he likes to share a story. He loves stories. He loves our story. He wants you to encounter him. It's gonna be very specific to who you are. As a child, I like to collect rocks. And God wanted to tell me He was with me and I've never ever been alone in every place called yesterday. I was almost like an only child because there's such an age difference. We lived out in a rural area. If you wanted to go see a friend, they were half a mile away. So there's lots of times I just played by myself. I was alone. And God said to me, I want you to remember a few really good memories of yesterday because I grew up in hell. I grew up in ashes but God's still telling me there's some good memories there. And so I just sat there and I thought, okay, well, picking rocks, I really enjoyed that. It was fun. And God took me into a vision and I'm picking rocks in these, they're really deep ditches in Surrey, BC. They're like six feet deep. You can just walk along the water. We were on a hill, the water's running down. And I'm picking out rocks And I'm, oh, that's a beautiful one. You know how kids are. They put it in their pocket, and it ends up your washer, your dryer, or your windowsill. (laughs) And never, ever throw them away, or you're in big, big trouble. Because that was their favorite rock. They could have a 100, but that was their favorite. I'm picking up rocks, and all of a sudden, Jesus is beside me. And he's picking up rocks. And he's going, you missed this one, Margaret. Look at this one. This one's beautiful. And then I would pick up one and I'd show it to him. and I'd say, look at this one. And we were friends. We were having fun. We were enjoying that moment. I was not alone. Do you know that's how easy God can heal loneliness? Because we think it's lon- the answer to loneliness is a person. The answer to loneliness is Jesus and the love of God. More love. More love, that's the, that's the answer. Just more love, let him love you more because then you'll know I'm never alone. He never leaves me, he never forsakes me. He's, he's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Yesterday he was picking up rocks with me but he's cut every tie to yesterday that's a lie. Every tie that yesterday tried to form my image and likeness Because you can't bring a dead day into a living day. You can't bring what was into what is, today is what is, as it is in heaven, is in me. The kingdom of God is in me, as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come here, right here, right here. Let your righteousness, peace and joy come, flood me, flood me, right here, in me, right now, as it is in heaven. That's a now moment. That's not the never-never land promise. Right now, always let every day welcome Holy Spirit. Your yes is so important. Your no, your silence is a no. It speaks to heaven. It speaks to God. He won't violate your no. But your yes is, he can bring every good and perfect gift because he's the father of lights. And everything that's hidden, he'll bring to the light. And he'll make it manifest. Not so that you were ashamed or that you were pointed out to a group, but so that he can heal it. I bring every hidden thing to the light that it's made manifest, that it's made light. I bring every hidden disappointment to the light. That's That disappointment's made manifest. Not, not that you tear yourself down or guilt or condemn yourself. So he can make the disappointment light. He can make the disappointment He cares. My life is not footsteps of disappointment. My life is increasingly the adventure of discovering him. And so he loves to share the secrets of his heart. He loves to throw coins on the ground. And and then you pick them up and you're like, what are you doing? What are you saying to me? Where are you? So yes, two sides of a coin can be sorrow and joy. But he's the middle. He's the one that can't be shaken. Sorrow will shake you, but he's, he's the center of your being. He cannot be moved. Just say, here I am. I know that I am shaking in this, but you cannot be moved. That's my portion. That's my inheritance. That's the gift of who he is in you. The world will shake and circumstances around you will shake you, but he can't be shaken. He's unmovable. He can't be defeated. Where? In me. So even if there's things that are being defeated, even if there's things that you've lost, you gain more of Christ. This is the season to let go. Because sometimes we can make the one side of the coin. That's my portion. That's my lot. You can identify with it more, even the disappointments more than hope, but let it go. You can't receive something unless you let it go. You got to drop it. Your hand's got something in it. If your hand has something in it, I can't receive every good and perfect gift from my father. He gives and he takes away. He gives himself. He never takes away anything that isn't on the wrong side of the coin. He takes away the sorrow. He takes away, he processes grieving with you. He processes your losses with you, but he gives you gain. He gives you more of him. You encounter him more. Trusting him, this is the season of trust. I just looked at Tamara, and all I can think of when I look at her is trust God. (laughs) There's part of the body of Christ that comes with substance No matter what's happening, no matter what I see, all I know is I can trust God. He's faithful and he's good. You see, when I pray with people like that, I leave the prayer with the gift of God they are in me. So if I wasn't trusting somewhere, God's reminding me, trust me, I've got this. I've got this. Let it go. See, if we don't let something go, God can't do what he wants to do with it. Because we're holding on. And basically we're saying, God, you have to do it the way I want you to do it. God gave me a word for somebody once that their, their um, son was going to get saved in a coffee shop. And just, there was just going to be this conversation happen and their son's salvation would happen. Well, every time the church was open, she would try to get her son to come to church to get saved. And I'm like, so she's holding on to, God, you have to do it this way. And it's going to be at church and so guess what her son came to town and church was cancelled <laughs> how much do you think she liked God in that moment well she actually hated the pastor and quit the church and left what a disappointment because God could only do it my way let go of whatever way you think God needs to show up how he needs to show up how someone should change Don't try to change anybody. Just love them. That will change everything in their lives. Just love them unconditionally. Just love who they are. There is no flaw. See, we see the flaws. We think it's really hip to talk about, oh, you know, I've got this weakness and that weakness, you know, and so that's the side of the coin, weakness. Is it true that we have weaknesses? Yes. But his grace is sufficient in my weakness. His strength is enough. He's in my valley of weakness. He's walking with me in my weakness. So we walk out of the valley together into the light of strength. His spirit of might is my strength. It's strength forward. I'm tethered to his strength. God gave me a vision of me tethered to his strength. What did I look like? Weak. It looked like he was dragging me to tell you the truth. I was was like, I was tethered. I hate the word tethered because I heard it in a lot of prophetic words. And I'm like, don't tell me I'm tethered to God because to me anybody that's suffered any kind of abuse where that kind of abuse happened you don't want to hear the word tethered but I'm tethered to him there's an umbilical cord there's we live in mercy I had someone in my living room once that kept talking about everywhere I go I'm judged everywhere I go I'm judged everywhere I go I'm, I'm judged at school the parents judge me I'm judged in my prayer group I'm judged in my church I'm judged in my neighborhood. And and I'm like, oh Lord, only you can speak to her because that's the other side of the coin that's so strong and that's become her portion. That's become, I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it everywhere I go. So you won't love anybody because you'll want to return evil for evil. You'll want to judge back, right? And so I was just sitting there and God showed me this bathtub and he showed me her in the bathtub. And then he tipped over the bathtub and she was submerged in his mercy. Submerged in mercy that triumphs every day, triumphs over judgment, submerged. And I said, that's your season. Because then when we really forgive ourselves, all we can do is give forgiveness for the person that judges us because their judgment has nowhere to land nowhere to land you can't judge me i know who i am i know who my daddy is and i know who i am and i'm not going to judge you for judging me the battle's not ours it's the lord's he gives us mercy new every morning which did you receive your mercy today i can guarantee if you go to work if you have family if you have friends you need mercy <laughs> if you're married you need mercy oh you need a really bad big bathtub for that one right <clears throat> We all need mercy because we all need to know every single day, I am forgiven. I'm not trying to get forgiveness. I'm not trying to get God's attention. I'm not trying to repent my way into forgiveness. I was forgiven. I was forgiven. He forgave us all. He forgave us all. We, oh, we live from the finished work of the cross. It is finished. I am forgiven. If all I'm doing is practicing repentance i probably will never change because the pharisees were really good at that and they didn't change their hearts one bit they didn't even know who jesus was when he walked by heretic that's not didn't even know god when he was right in front of their face that's what that's what judgment does you won't recognize someone filled with the spirit you won't recognize jesus walking into the room that's what law does it blinds your eyes we receive mercy every day. For I live in forgiveness. I need mercy for the dumb thoughts I have about myself. Here I am again. Well, of course I am. Because he's confirming who I am. You're made in my image and your likeness. This is who you are. I need to find grace. Today, look for grace. You got to find it. Nobody can do that for you. You got to discover it. It's not a definition, it's the spirit of grace, it's Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Oh, I need to find you in this situation at work because oh my goodness, oh Jesus help me, my favorite prayer, Jesus help me. Sometimes when people are talking to me and I'm listening, the other half of my brain is saying, Jesus help me, Jesus help me, because I don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes and be in that place, but I know they need Jesus. What can I bring? What, what drop of Jesus is in me for that person? I don't know what they need. I can make a formula and just do it the same all the time. But healing is not a formula. Truth is not a formula. It's standing in the presence of God with another and saying, God, I need to hear you because you've got something beautiful for this person that's truth. That's going to make them so free to be who they were born to be. I need you. I cry out for God for that. I want to prophesy that I activate what's in them and draw it out. I mentioned to a friend that Emma was speaking this morning. She had a story to tell. You know what my friend said? Oh my gosh, Emma. Emma's so creative. And on and on and on about Emma. All the great things about Emma. You see, that someone was spiritualized. That's someone that sees through heaven's eyes, sees through God's eyes, sees clarity. See, we need clarity. This is a season of clarity to see who God created you to be and to see how, who God created other people to be. That we're not looking at what's wrong. That's why I love my friends. I get together with my friends and I listen to them pray and I get corrected. <laughs> and, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That's why we're together, because we remind each other, this is who God is. This is who we are. This is who the church is. Us and them will hate whatever hurt us. Us and them will hate a denomination. It will hate the body. It will hate the church. It will hate leaders. It will hate family because they hurt me. That's us and them. But when you've got two sides of the coin, okay, the truth is they mortally wounded me. What's the other side of that coin? Complete healing. I'm going to come out. Everything that has come against me has proved Christ in me. There's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. So guess what? Bring your weapons on, darkness, all that you want, because it's going to prove Christ in me. Because there is no weapon. You think you're a weapon? There are no more enemies. It's finished. It's finished. I just have to believe it. God keeps saying to me lately, and I write, I write in my journal, and I put a big L, and I, so I know it's the Lord who spoke to me. There are no enemies. We spend more time looking at enemies, more time looking at what's wrong with the world. And you know what comes with that when we make what's evil about the world or what's evil about that church or that denomination or, or that leader or that brother in Christ? We make that the center of our world because that's our focus. And then Jesus is not the center of the coin. So the two sides of the coin, there's one side that's leading my life. It's Christ in me that needs to lead my life. So I got a prophetic word from a friend today, and it was, pay attention. Today, pay attention to your senses, what you're feeling. If your feelings or your emotions are lying against the truth, he said, pay attention To your feelings in the area of connecting with people because the lies will always come so that you don't connect that you nicely disconnect you just kind of nicely stand back i mean that's what christians do when we leave something we just leave really nicely oh i'm out of here thank god God's saving me god saved me from this relationship he's saving me from that church thank you jesus woohoo but guess what how you leave something is how you enter it in the next place God won't violate that principle. So when you want to leave something. I say to God, let whatever I leave, let me leave with peace and joy. And so then I, some, there's one thing I left once and I was like, okay, Lord, or, like, are you joyful about this leaving? Because like, I don't want to leave with I'm bringing all what happened behind me. And I left with peace and joy because I asked him. Because the first church I left, I didn't leave with peace and joy. I left totally, Abandoned, rejected, it was, I, so I can come along people that have been abandoned and rejected. It's not your portion, and that's not who the church is, and that's not who your family is. I'm sorry, so sorry that happened to you. Women that have been rejected and abandoned by their husbands, I'm so sorry. Anybody that's been rejected or abandoned in a relationship, I am so sorry. Yes, that's one side of your coin. But you weren't born for that. You weren't born for that. Ask God for your portion and your inheritance. Ask him to heal that place. that's what we do when we come together. When we really, really, really come together, there'll be no rejection or abandonment. There'll there'll be no judgment. I mean, God's been waiting 2,000 years. He's pretty patient just just coming together. Everybody's so different. We have to, there's diversity and unity, but it's not unity at the expense of diversity, and it's not diversity at the expense of unity. We're all very different, but he still brings all the pieces together. So I bless that coming together, <clears throat> and I bless your connection with the body of Christ, with your family. I speak healing. Sometimes, sometimes, They'll never be the fullness of what was of the relationship. But just knowing that your heart's okay. I went, there was somebody that was publicly speaking evil of a friend of mine. Like it was so public. It was just like, and everybody was like, oh, did you And I was like, oh, this is so bad. This is so brutal. And I, All I could do was focus on that. <clears throat> but I knew I had to give my heart to God. <clears throat> and I said, God, here's my heart. I so want to judge this person. I, know, I don't even think I can love this person. So I, I spent a lot of time just trust. I'm trusting you. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. I met this person recently. And all I had for them was love. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, you can't do love. Love's a revelation. You can't do forgiveness. It's a revelation. Everything about God's a revelation, that's about our eyes being open. Open up my eyes to the revelation of who you are in this. So I'm just going to read here um, <clears throat> one thing. This is, uh, this is talking about maturity, but I'm just so all over the place we're not even going to go there. <laughs> this is about the body. <laughs> we're not going to go there either. <laughs> okay, this is a Dukkabur woman <clears throat> who's a mother to many in this area. This is how she sees. She comes to God with tears. She looks at the blue sky, and the blue sky speaks to her of Jesus, of heaven, of God. And she brings this word, she said, and she brings it through tears. And she, this is how she has this conversation with God, how he sees his bride, his church. And then as the bride, she speaks back to him. So she said, I'm opening the eyes of my children. See my blue sky? Be strengthened in the power of my might. Be strengthened with my power. My grace, my peace, walk forward by my strength. I'm placing my hand over the heads of my people. Yes. I'm placing my hand over the hearts of my people. Receive my joy. El Shaddai, the many-breasted one is here. Seize the moment, be nourished. With my love, let me touch you. Bless my workmanship. Go deeper, take it in. Don't let this moment pass you by. And she, this is how she responded. There's no words before the wonder and awe of your workmanship. We thank you, Father, for the works of your hands. This is our worship. We are thankful for who you made us to be. El Shaddai, we bless the works of your hands. We are the crown of your creation. We are the clarity of his workmanship. Blue skies. Seize the moment. This is the moment. Take it. Freedom is being grateful for who I am. Such deep wonder at the works of your hands. And then he said, jump into my joy. May great joy break forth. Great joy comes from the freedom of being grateful for who I am, wherever I am in whatever chapter. I'm grateful for who I am today. I'm a different person than five years ago. and five years from now, I'll be a different person again because he's changing me from the inside out. Don't let your mountains defeat you. Don't let one side of the coin be, be mountains. Because he makes the mountains a molehill. What you think needs to change. Stop looking at the mountains, even though that we're in the mountains. I just bless you. I bless you to seize the day. I bless your eyes to be wide open, to see the lover of your soul, your beloved. He loves your soul. He loves you, spirit, soul, and body. Father, we are so grateful to be who we are. And we're so grateful for every person in this room. We're grateful for who they are. We're grateful for your holy presence here that heals our image and our likeness and brings us into great joy. So we just say, Holy Spirit, you are righteousness, peace, and joy in us. Would you bubble up with such joy because we dwell together, that we live together, that we move together, that we here are a well of joy for those that have suffered sorrow and loss. We just thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen.